the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Last week, Barry Corder, our friend, our best friend, Paul Janeway, told us that his favorite song that they ever wrote as St. Paul and the Broken Bones was I'll Be Your Woman. Yep. And that's what kicks off. Part two of our conversation with Paul from St. Paul and the Broken Bones. This is the What Podcast. I'm Brad Steiner from WDOD Hits 96 Radio in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's Barry Quarter from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Uh, part two today uh, gets into a little bit of breaking news with Paul about yep. the uh, new album. And yep. uh, not just a new album, but a concept for a trio of albums. And I try and guess the worst show of the St. Paul and the Broken Bones career. And the one you guessed was a good guess. I thought so. <laughs> I think it so, It would too. win for most people, but he had one worse. It's amazing because I, I didn't talk to him about this, but uh, they, you know, when you're a young artist... You take pretty much all the gigs, and I got oh, yeah. this gig that I went to. This show of theirs that I went to was well into the album, and it was long, long, long past they had gotten famous and gotten big. It's like they had still had to do this gig that they re- basically I booked for a year and a half ago. Yeah, there's a, a lot of ways they got big. There's a lot of different ways to approach something like that. I heard a guy years and years ago at a bar play in front of basically me say it's a paid rehearsal, and they presented it. They were very professional mm-hmm. about it. You know, you do, if you do it the other way, you get that reputation, um, you know, of being attitude or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some bands can recover from it, but yeah, uh, they had every reason this, this show that I saw that you'll hear me tell uh, Paul about, they had every reason to cancel it. Yeah. There was no reason for them to do the show that I went to, to see, uh, because they probably got paid $5,000. Well, there's no reason they should have done, but they did it. They kept their word. Yeah. I have a feeling. There you go. And you you heard him uh, last week talking about, um, it, you know, he takes it personal. 
It, it's yeah. He he wants to grab every single person in the audience by the throat and make them like him. Yeah, like the band, and that's why they're who they are. And it's sort of how you grab our listeners and make them like us. Shake them like a yeah. rag doll. <laughs> so reach not only, through the microphone. <laughs> not only we're going to talk a uh, second part of our conversation with Paul Janeway uh, coming up in a second, but later on in the podcast, we're going to talk to some actual podcast listeners. We called some listeners and wanted just to talk Bonnaroo with them. Yeah, we wanted to hear their thoughts. Uh, uh, you know, on what they like about us. Of course. I thought that was important. <laughs> That's your most important question. <laughs> no, we really, what we wanted to hear was their stories. Uh, we don't for a minute think we're the only ones who like Bonnaroo. Right. Um, and so we wanted to reach out. These are folks that had emailed us after hearing the podcast. So it was fun. I yeah. enjoyed talking to them. From, it really uh, is nice. It really is nice to, to connect with Bonnaroo people, total strangers on a Bonnaroo podcast to talk about Bonnaroo. It's yeah. I think the, great. what the common thread uh, among the ones we talked to were the, that they had met people that they are right. now very friendly with, lifelong right. friends. That's cool. And well, that's, hell, that's how we met. It, it, well, it's true. When that's I think true. about it, we really didn't. I mean, we interacted as a professional people. We yep. never sat down and hung out until Bonnaroo. Absolutely not. You're exactly right. A lot of people in our camp I'd never met. Yeah. Uh, and and I, we and never I'm, hang out with until Bonnaroo. I see them for four days. <laughs> <laughs> they literally live in the same city. And what's good is we don't. when we leave, we don't all hug and say, let's keep up. We don't Call want me. to. No, no, we don't do it. <laughs> By the way, if you want to drop us a comment, you can at thewhatpodcast.com. Thewhatpodcast.com is also your entry in for Bonnaroo tickets. We're going to give those away here in a couple of weeks. Just in case uh, you don't have Bonnaroo tickets, this is your way in, thewhatpodcast.com. Part two of our conversation with Paul Janeway, now on The What Podcast. I remember we, you and I spoke around that time, and, and prior, we, you and I laughed, you said you had only like about enough material to do a 35 minute set so if you had to do an hour show you were doing you know some of the covers and and you were at that risk of becoming known as a, an otis redding sort of uh right. sound alike so you were i remember right. talking you were really struggling to i remember you saying that we don't want to put out a record that we're not very very proud of and and we don't want to we're trying to find our identity so it's really fascinating to hear you know eight years later or whatever uh, right going through it but yeah it was a, right. that was a huge turning point for a lot of reasons it was and and so what's been really fun is doing this record we're working with a guy named jack splash uh who uh, does a lot of like uh he's more into modern hip-hop modern r&b and it's gonna be even more different and i enjoy that i think that second record you tell your audience what kind of artist you are mm. yeah and you go either either you're gonna have to follow us on a journey or we're gonna keep it the same and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just not we're not we're not at that point in our career. That's right. Where we're just like, you know what? That was good. Let's just keep it that way. That's right. Um that, that, and I don't think we're there. Like you said, I mean it's fascinating to hear you say that if you hadn't at least artistically opened up your mind, created a whole new palette and started over almost, it sounds like you're saying, that you may not even yeah. still be a band. That's that's unbelievable to hear. It's it's actually yeah. quite vulnerable too, to be honest with you. It, it, well, that, I think that's the thing is that it's this to me is fun and I enjoy it. But every time you write a re- this 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 like it's like this last record. There were moments that I was struggling getting through songs. I was so emotional about it. And you're I understand. It's, it's weird. I've, I started to understand why artists, especially like legacy artists, just not quit trying. But you have to like open up your rib cage every time and expose yourself and go you know what i mean and take risk and really like go through pain and like really expose yourself in a way that maybe you're not entirely comfortable with like 
record after record. And I just get how people go, you know what? Kind of tired of that. You know, that's really difficult, that creative process. I'm kind of a control freak. So everything from the show to, you know, the record liners or the record art or what we're going to do release-wise, that is all. I want, I want to have a huge hand in all of that. And that, that gets exhausting at times. I got it. And, uh, and it's, it's just, for me, it's just like, it's just really, it's not easy to play a show every night. And like when we do Broken Bones and Pocket Change, and I've got to get to a certain place. Yeah. Uh, or I feel like I'm cheating or I'm cheating the audience. Right. And it doesn't matter if we're in, you know, Wilmington, North Carolina or Madison Square Garden. I have, I'm, I'm, that moment I have to expose myself in a way that is very difficult. Like I said, there's a song on a new record that, like, I, 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 I can't even listen to it right now wow. because it makes me, it makes me cry so much. Why? What's it about? And it's like, <laughs> it's about, it's a, so kind of the concept for the next kind of, I guess this is, I haven't told anybody this. So the concept for the next thing is that, we have a new album coming out, and it's it's going to be in parts. Though. It's part one, part two, and part three. Um, so part one is an album, part two is an album, part three is an album. But I've just been really fascinated with the legacy of me, my father, and my grandfather, and kind of exploring that. So the first part's like me. The second part will be like my father, and the third part will be my grandfather, and kind of understanding legacy and you know what I mean? And these complicated relationships that we all have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's kind of about that. Wow. And it's, uh, it was, it was really difficult. Is, uh, is, is Paul, not only is he breaking news, which we absolutely appreciate, but, um, <laughs> are, is this, is this hitting home and, and making you think about kids for yourself? Uh, I think that was part of it. I also think it's part of mortality, like my own mortality, like just thinking, yeah, I don't know if this is, this is getting really dark. But I don't know if y'all ever have this where, like, I was having this real bizarre, like, time. Uh, it's why I don't need time off because I think too much. Um, where I was thinking about death and, like, how like how it happens. And my grandfather, who actually, his voice is going to be on this, the, I think, part one, uh, my papa, is actually, he's, he's, he was at the time, you know, he was in the ICU and he was dying. Um, he's ended up to make a pretty miraculous recovery, but it was just, I started just like going through this thing of like staying up late at night and going like, what happens and what's the point? And mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and I was just like, I had like these nightless, night, night, you know, sleepless nights mm. and <laughs> going through this. And I was just like, it was just kind of this weird, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so I, I, it was kind of me working through that. But like you said, this, this every night is therapy for you. Yeah, it is. It's my therapy. I, I really pay a, prof- I a, pay a professional. You get paid by me. <laughs> uh, this, we, <laughs> we, we get, we can exactly. accomplish the same things, Paul. <laughs> the show that, that we will see, um, I've seen you probably three, four times, Brad, you know, a dozen. Um, how is the show, the live show, uh, changed in, in recent years? Um, I think when we first let, let started, me ask this: Do you have new shoes? Because last time I think your wife had finally bought you a new pair of bucks or something. <laughs> I, I've been so, I, so. The thing is, I don't know. I mean, we'll obviously play new songs for Bonnaroo. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the full-on new show just yet. Gotcha. Um, but but 
um, the show in general, when we first started, it was like, I'm going to punch you in the face for <laughs> 90 minutes. Just, that's, I mean, that's what it was. Yep. I'm just going to, there was no nuance. There was no, it was just a, it was a jackhammer. Um, as the show has progressed, first off, I can't do that for 90 minutes. Right. Um, I don't know how you've it, done it for it, three, four years. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 but now the show has gotten to, the show has gotten to really, so for us, most bands, and this is, this is where we're very fortunate, when the ballads crank up, people get excited. In other bands, like I see it all the time, when ballads crank up, people are like, oh God. Yeah. You know, so we're lucky that we can play a ballad and people are like, oh great, this is, you know, all right. And uh, um, for us, though, it's gotten a little bit more nuanced. Um, we've really tried, I've, I've got some exceptional uh, musicians that I play with uh, and really tried to flex that muscle a little bit. I mean, at like one point during the show, we do Radiohead's National Anthem mm. um, and things like that. So it's it's a little different. Uh, it's kind of it has its peaks and valleys, and I like it better that way because when it when it hits the climax, you know people go you know it it could take you it could take you away. I've seen. I, I think that's a better. I mean, that's just a better show. I've seen you enough to know that you almost live and die on the audience giving you something back. Yeah. Uh, if they're not giving you something back, it, it's almost like you're 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 gonna squeeze the hell out of them until they do, um, because yeah. you're you're giving them your all. Why can't they give you something? Well, that's, and that's kind of always been the, the thing is that it's a, my philosophy has been, and not everybody's going to love that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you come to one of our shows, you will, I am, I could, because I'm putting everything I got. Right. I promise you, like, I, every time I play a show, I feel like I got hit by a truck. That reminds me, Paul, <laughs> of so, the story you told about uh, touring with the Rolling Stones, right? You 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 realized there wasn't anybody there on that t- on that bill that bought a ticket to see you, so you felt like you had to reach out and grab them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when we were so excited when those shows got booked, when we got to open up for the Stones, we were so excited. And uh, and our booking agent told me, said, "Listen, look, you should be proud of this, enjoy it, but just so you know, there is a reputation that the opener, you're not going to get them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're not going. They're going to, you know, they're going to sit on their hands." Mm-hmm. And when someone tells me that, I go to hell with that. <laughs> I'm going to get them if I've got to set myself on fire. <laughs> and and so and so in Atlanta, it took about half the set. Yeah, and we got them. And then yeah. in Buffalo, it was it was it was about. But we we got a standing ovation each night, and I, I just kind of refused to take. I, I don't. You tell me we can't get them. Then I'm I'm gonna get them, yeah. Yeah. and that's I mean honestly that's why for us like you know it's hard for us to do private gigs because of that reason right there. Yep. Because most people when they hire you for a private event, they just kind of want you to be background noise, and that's not really the way I operate. If they're not paying attention and they got like wine glasses on the table, I'm gonna get on top of the table <laughs> and and grab their attention and so drink the wine it, while I'm at it. Exactly. <laughs> pay, pay attention to well, me. I don't drink it. If it's Coca Cola, I'll I'll take it. 
By the way, I know, I, and we're wrapping up now, so I appreciate all the time. You've been more than gracious with your time. I, I know, I know the worst show of your entire career. I know it. I know exactly the one that you probably say to yourself, "Why in the hell are we doing this? Why did we do this? This was the worst show we've ever had." You played after after you had already gotten critical success, already uh, half the city, already you've been on Letterman. You had to play a middle school in Athens, Tennessee. And I sat there, I was there with 250 of the oldest, whitest, middle Tennessee people who had no idea what in the hell this guy on the stage was doing. I mean, you walked around to almost every single person in that gymnasium. A gymnasium, Barry! It was a middle school gym! Oh, yeah, I remember that And he was was literally almost shaking people, like, get up, you're killing me. It was hysterical. I loved it. Everything about it, because I might have seen you guys maybe a week and a half before that in, in Atlanta. It was so bizarre. It's one of the strangest shows I've ever seen in my life. Uh, that is, uh, I will say, though, I love shows like that. I actually will, I, you know what? I will tell you the worst show we've ever played. Uh-huh. Um, the worst show, there's a Mercedes car plant here in, in Tuscaloosa, and they have a family fun day. And they were like, look. You know, we're gonna pay. It was kind. Of, it was kind of a private event, but it was for the employees. So I was like, you know what? That's great. You know, that's that's my people. So they fly. We get. We have to get up at five a.m. Get on a flight. I think out of Virginia somewhere. We get there. We're playing the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater, which is eight thousand cap. Okay, mm-hmm. eight thousand cap. And you're like, oh, cool. All right. Well, I get there. First off, there's two Mercedes cars on the stage, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is different. Uh, and they're like, don't touch the car. <laughs> so, okay, whatever. And then, so we. We had <laughs> so I don't so it was at the time where we do this musical intro, and I, I I don't try to look at the crowd because I still get nervous even if the show is sold out that nobody's going to show up, mm-hmm. and uh, and so <laughs> we do a musical intro, and I hear just one single clap, <laughs> and I was like, oh god, <laughs> so I go out there and I go through the routine, and there is a family of three in an 8,000-cap amphitheater oh, all no. by themselves. Oh, no. Watching wow. us play our show. There's oh, no. no. And I'm doing broken bones. I'm like, well, they paid for a show. <laughs> and then they get up and leave. <laughs> and so, I, so then I start doing broken bones of pocket chains. I'm on my knees trying to, like, bare my soul. And I just look out of the corner of my eye, and midway through the amphitheater is a clown on stilts just walking <laughs> through the amphitheater. And I thought, well... <laughs> This is as low as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is when I thought about quitting. This is when it that's, happened. You know, that's, that tears my soul out. I was like, I might be done. This might be it. Do you know where you're playing this year? You know which stage, what, uh, what day, what time? Uh, it's not late night. I know that. That's yeah. Know. It's definitely not going to be in the mid-afternoon on this tent. That's for damn sure. I have a feeling on Thursday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> well, who knows? I never know anymore. I just I kind of kind of show up and go. All right. Paul, thank you so much. I can't I can't thank you enough. Uh, I, I absolutely love you to death, and hopefully uh, we get to circle back and, and say hello again at Bonnaroo this year. Absolutely, man. Please say hello. Oh, yeah. thank you for your time. This was so much fun. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll talk to you next time I'm in Chattanooga, so don't worry. Yep. We'll, we'll yep. bring it. I can't wait. <laughs> Come over and help me paint the house. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. I, I got a bad eye. Paul Janeway from St. Paul and the Broken Bones, Part 2, 
The feature of this week's The What Podcast, that's Barry Corder, I'm Brad Steiner, and we are going to talk to you, the podcast listener. What we got first? We have uh, Randy. You want to talk to Randy first? Randy is okay. first. I like Randy. Let's call him. Hello, Randy. Randy Hoke, Brad Steiner, Barry Corder from The What Podcast. How hey, are you, Randy. sir? Hey, great. How are you guys doing? Doing so great. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it as always, man. Sure. It's a great show. That's what I first question I wanted to ask. What is it you like about it? Again, he's really what, obsessed yeah, with fishing. you telling him something I'm nice. Fishing. What do you like about me? Your hair. <laughs> no. It's a, it's the hair. We have you, the, by the way, we do have the best hair in podcasting. There is no question. <laughs> Two best heads of hair in podcasting. <laughs> you you got you have to. Um, I, I like that uh, you guys have been drinking the same Kool Aid that I've been drinking uh, going to Bonnaroo all these years. You know, you're you're, you're uh, super enthusiastic, and you've got a lot of great stories to tell about it. So it's it's great to listen to to the stories, and and I love the uh, you know the interviews. You know, have been really great. Yeah, we've been really really lucky. We yeah. got we got really really lucky with uh, with a couple of artists, and I think that the St. Paul thing was legit one of my favorite moments of my 18 year broadcasting career. Yeah, it's been fun last week uh, and yeah. this week. It's a lot of fun listening yeah. to. He's I'm, got great stories. He's so much fun. He's so nice. So what is uh how many bonnaroos this make for you? You going this year? Yeah, I'm going this year. This will be number 13 for me. Wow! Wow! Right Way there with us, posting big numbers, dude. Yeah. And where do you travel yeah. from? Uh, um, from the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Okay. Yeah, we've been driving. We've been going out, uh, as I say, um, 13, this will be my 13th year. Um, I usually camp with my brother and, you know, one or two of his kids and uh, my daughter and her boyfriend, but now husband, have been to Bonnaroo seven times. Wow. Um, so that's, you know, it's a really special, it's kind of like a family vacation. When somebody posts big numbers like you, much like me and Barry, it feels as though every time we sit down at camp, never fails that we start talking about the, the changes that we've seen along the way. What do you think is the biggest change uh, from year one that you went to now? Um, um, well, there obviously there have been a lot of site improvements, uh, and I understand the campgrounds have uh, new barns and things going on. Um, we started, we, so I camped, uh, our group camped in the uh, general admission for the first seven years, and then switched over to camping at the KOA. Um, oh, really? There was a glitch. In, yeah, there was a glitch in 2013 where the Bonnaroo folks said you can't camp in the tent-only area unless you don't have a car. And that sort of screwed up all of our plans because we, we've been actually camping with a couple of guys from California who are now some of my best friends. And um, it's, it's, so it's very difficult. So we had been dragging all of our equipment uh, to the tent-only area and then meet these guys uh, as, as they take the shuttle off uh, um, from, from the National Airport. So in 2013, Bonnaroo changed the rules and said uh, that you, you can't camp in the tent-only area unless you're coming in without a car. And that, um, you know, I think a lot of folks from in Peru were very upset about that. We were upset, mm-hmm. and we, uh, we all uh, emailed the Bonnaroo folks, and, and it turned out that they later backtracked and, and changed their minds and said it was okay to camp in tent-only. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by that time, we had booked the, uh, 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 the space at the KOA. I've actually. And so we and we, go ahead. No, I, you're actually the first person I've ever talked to outside of like like media people that have either camped at the KOA or chosen a hotel. Mm-hmm. I've never. I can't. I can't think of anybody that I know that's actually done that. Oh, I have a Do couple you? of people that yeah. will stay up on Mont Eagle Mountain and travel in. Oh, they still drive in. I think that's cheating. 
<laughs> the driving end? Yeah. I just, yeah. Well, I just think you miss so much. Yeah. Knowing you're going home or when you're going to come in. That's I, right. I think it's the 24 hours. And, and Brad leaves for a little bit every day. Well, I have a routine. He, so, uh, yeah. It but, is. See, we, this, it's way, you don't need to know. Okay. All right. All so, look. <laughs> you, you, you're at the KOA, so you can drive in and out if you really wanted to, right? We could. Yeah. The KOA, has a, the KOA property is adjacent to Bonnaroo, right. so they just run a little shuttle bus. Right. Uh, 24 hours a day so we just you know get up in the morning have breakfast and then pop in to the center and stay there all day and come back at three in the morning and crash so, right well, well yeah, where we drive in is right past the koa yeah we used to go through the right. KOA. yeah we actually had in. to drive through the koa that's right well we drive past the koa to get in and there's a there's a holiday in there and i don't want to give right. away my secrets yep. on a on a very very highly listened to podcast <laughs> but there's a holiday in uh there at the uh, end of the road and every morning, when it's time for you know you know Brad's morning rituals, I get in my car and I drive to the Holiday Inn yeah. uh, because I just can't bring myself to go all in on Bonnaroo. <laughs> I still, after 13 years, gotta have that that sweet sweet feel of porcelain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See, it. It, the porta potty is part of the experience. Uh, yeah. Still haven't done it. 13 so, years, never used one. The guys you said that come in from California that are now great fans, did you meet them at Bonnaroo? We did. We camped next to them in 2010, uh, I think it was, and um, met, you know, just met them at randomly in the in the uh, tent-only area and uh, became fast friends. They're huge music fans, uh, as we are, and uh, decided to get together every year. So they've camped with us every year since. That's so awesome. It's, it's been great. That's awesome. And I, and I think that's that's one of the things about Bonnaroo is that everyone there is a huge music fan. It's not particularly the festival uh, that people decide to uh, you know on moments notice to go and to go to a festival to get drunk at. It's it's a festival that people plan for months to this whole camping experience and 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 plan out who they're going to see and what and where they're going to be at what time to to catch the the best shows. Are you already planning? What what is your what's your plan this year? Yeah, no, I do homework every year yeah. and uh try to figure out who who's new and uh, I mean most of the bands uh, I'm unfamiliar with every year, so there's a lot there's a lot to learn on the, you know they've got like 100 new bands every year that I haven't heard of so and I've stumbled across a couple so far I've just gotten started but I'm really excited to see uh, a band called Go Go Penguin Ten years of tent camping, you've experienced a lot. What's what's the one thing you tell the first timer who's going to be tent camping? Whatever you do, do not forget to bring what? Um, probably uh, an electric powered fan, a battery powered fan for the camp for the tent. That's that can be a lifesaver. Uh, trying to sleep an extra hour in the morning. Um, I know a lot of people are now moving towards hammocks with just a pop-up right. uh, canopy over top of them. And right. I think that's probably a good idea, too. The, the morning heat is the thing that to try to, to, try to mitigate that is the, is, the, is the best tip I can give. It sure does wake you up like boiling water, doesn't yeah. it? it uh, <laughs> it's like boiling water poured on me. I, my tip is, and I say this uh, to every man that listens to this, is the baby powder. Oh, yeah. Baby powder is, like, I'd never used it before. Until Bonnaroo, and I realized, oh my God! Yeah, my, and then you know, and my other thing is, you you need to have somebody at camp that makes a damn good Bloody Mary. 
That's you it. You need a good Bloody Mary. I was going to say Bissell. Right. That's the one thing we, we, know, <laughs> we don't forget is our vacuum yeah, We cleaner, bring a vacuum cleaner. Bloody yeah. Marys. <laughs> but yeah, that monkey. I get a tad anal because I, I don't like dirt. Yeah, that, that jar or that uh, shaker of monkey butt is funny when you're at the Walmart, but it's not so funny on oh. Saturday afternoon. It's a lifesaver. <laughs> right. my, my wife walks into the uh, tent when uh, afterwards and she literally thinks there's been a snowstorm. <laughs> I can't keep it. Together. I don't know how to apply it. I just throw it on me everywhere I go. <laughs> Man, thanks a lot. I hope we get to run into you. Oh, it'd be great, yeah. Everybody's got a great Bonnaroo story. How about uh, Michael Bennett? You want to call Michael Bennett? Yeah, He's let's been call a, Michael. Uh, Michael has been a uh, listener since day one. He uh, writes us practically every week, and we really, really appreciate him. So let's give him a call and talk Bonnaroo with Michael. How are you all? Hey, Michael. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you all doing? Doing so good. Happy uh, happy Bonnaroo season. We're just days away, it feels like. Every day I look up and it's like, oh my God. We're, I mean, I feel like... I feel like, there. Yeah, I feel like I should already be setting up camp now. Yeah, I'm using porta-potties already. <laughs> already? Even, even though I don't have to. <laughs> you are a man that lives on the edge, Barry. You really do. I'm in training. Michael, thanks for doing this. Thanks for listening. I, I wanted to ask the most important question first. What is it your what's your favorite part about the podcast? What is it you like about uh, us? Yeah. Oh, good first question, Barry. Tell me something you like about me. I think my favorite part's just how uh how into Bonnaroo you all are. It doesn't feel like this is something that like someone's just like thrown together. Right. It's like it's easy to tell that you all really care about Bonnaroo. Now, uh, how many Bonnaroos have you attended? Uh, I've been to four. This year will be my fifth. Wow. Now, which years uh, have so far been your favorite? Either 2014 or 2016. Was 2016 was really special. Why is that? Is was it was it lineup based or was it experience based? Lineup based. Sound System is my favorite band in the world. Me too. You and me I both, never man. got a chance to see them live, so actually getting to see them come back together was amazing. Yeah, I remember that show like literally yesterday because I felt the same way. Yeah. I missed them for a decade. I don't know how I missed them. Then they broke up and I thought it was never going to happen again. I thought I was never going to see LCD Sound System again. But I literally, uh, when they came to Bonnaroo, I refused to be anywhere but 10 feet away from the stage. And it was, to me, I've said this before, and I know it sounds stupid, but it was legit one of my favorite musical experiences of my entire life. It is up there with McCartney because of how special that band is to me and uh, how much I was dying for that moment, and it was everything I ever wanted. Oh, absolutely. That show was just, like, transcendental. Yeah. I cried during all my friends. Yeah. I have no shame saying that. As you should, man. (laughs) And here's the bad part is right after that was Tame Impala on The Witch. And I love Tame Impala. Don't get me wrong. But... There was no comparison. I cannot yeah. go from that exhilarating experience of LCD, walk over to Tame Impala, and not feel like I am totally bored. Oh, absolutely. That, I was the exact same way. That Tame Impala show was great, but it didn't come close to touching right. LCD. So where are you from? Where do you, where do you have to travel from to get there? Uh, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, we are a group. We leave out of London, Kentucky. How, how many? How many, of you, uh, how many of you are there? Typically, there's at least 10 or 12 of us. Wow. We've had as many as like 20 people with us. Uh, sometimes it's just been just us 12. That's pretty so. cool. What's the uh, camp name? Got to have a camp name for that many people. <laughs> 
We, uh, you all are going to judge us, but we actually don't really have a camp name. This is blasphemy. Right. Blasphemy, Michael. <laughs> you got to get into it. I know, it. I know. You, yeah. You got to have logo. You got to have a sign. We have a picket fence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we've never actually described what our camp is like, and um, but I, I will go ahead and tell you. We get a little lucky, and I don't like telling a lot of people this because it, it makes us seem sort of maybe not as generous. But we camp in the backstage area where there's a lot of trees, so we get a lot of space that that normally we wouldn't get. So we lived a little bit of a charmed life, but we make sure to take the entire house. Uh, We bring a 10 by 20 wedding tent. We've got a tent just for a Bloody Mary bar. We've got a tent just for a kitchen. We've got 600 square feet of carpeting. We bring, a, we bring our own couch. We bring a ceiling fan. We bring everybody's giant cartoon head on a stick. I've got a giant lit marquee that says Camp Nut Butter that's literally dripping butter. And uh, we have a white picket fence that covers the entire 12 of us that, that, that camp with us. Oh, and we even have Camp Nut Butter Twister, uh, a Twister game with everybody's oh, yeah, cartoon yeah. head on the Twister game. It's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> We are into it. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just uh, now I'm just upset at how good you all have it. It's re- yeah. It's really stupid. And <laughs> we'll we'll take some pictures of it and maybe do some uh, live video during the festival. Who's the uh, one artist that uh, you're really excited about for 2018, Michael? Uh, right now, yeah. It's between that uh, that late night Bone of Amsterdam and Virtual Self. Virtual Self. Tell me about Virtual Self. So virtual Self is uh, this guy Porter Robinson. He's a yeah EDM guy. He uh, this is a different alter ego. I guess he does a completely different style of EDM than what he normally does. It's all like '90s, like early 2000s, like trance. Kind of sounds like he's doing like Final Fantasy slash DDR music. Really? There's a really nice part at the end of that song where it's just like driving like 180 beat per minute, just like snares, and it's something insane. So LCD, I'm guessing, is your favorite show. Do you have a favorite moment or memory or funny thing you saw or crazy thing you saw, ha- have seen it? Uh, yeah. Um, so last year, um, it was during the XX. We got, me and my friends, we got into the pit for the XX. Um, but uh, just before the show started, my bladder started punching me. No, no. Basically. Too much poo um, So, yeah. <laughs> so I got about halfway through the set before I had to leave the pit to um, go use the bathroom. And, like, I was, I was begging the the guy at the exit of the pit i was just like i would give you like 20 bucks if you let me back in and he was he like can't do it man i was like oh well so we go one of my buddies goes with me and we end up coming back towards like the back of uh the crowd so they start playing on hold toward the end of their set. Yeah. And um, I've been singing along the entire time. And I actually had one dude turn to me and look and say, man, you have, you're actually a really good singer, which has made me feel giddy. Uh, so I'm singing along. There's a, another girl in the area that is singing along as well. She hears me singing uh, and then comes over and like just grabs my hands and we just like start dancing and singing the song right there. Um, oh my God, this is like, going to end, this is gonna end with like, him saying that he, he had a Bonnaroo baby. <laughs> they had a Bonnaroo baby. And like, we're doing that, and like people in front of us have like even like turned around to like watch 
I don't know. Like it's, it was just like, like lightning in a bottle. Right. Like just one of those moments you, that like you. you can't like recreate or anything. Yeah, it's amazing because um, you were so worried about leaving the pit, and then once you left the pit, you found just as much of a magical experience when you left. I yeah. thought you were going to say based on last week's show that you peed on some guy's back. <laughs> <laughs> that would be no, amazing no, not, if we found the guy. <laughs> if we found the guy. Hey, hey, this one time I peed on Paul Janoway's back. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Michael, for listening. We appreciate it so much, and we can't wait to meet you at Rue. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, on. man. I think we have time for one more call. You want to make one more call to our podcast listener? Let's call Veronica, and just because I like the name Veronica because yeah. of the Elvis Costello song. You, so let's call Veronica. You are just trying to make the moves on a Bonnaroo babe. Yeah, well... That's- I like Veronica, you know, better than Brad, isn't it? Oh, thank. <laughs> or Barry, for that matter. Let's call Veronica. Veronica, podcast listener Veronica, uh, Bonnaroo vet herself. Hello, Veronica. Welcome to the What Podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. What is your Bonnaroo preparation like right now at this moment? It's pretty exciting. I'm up in the north, so it's cold here still, so I'm excited to be in the hot uh, Tennessee sun. Yeah, let me ask you that, because we live in this all the time because we're in Chattanooga. What does it feel like to somebody who's not from Tennessee to feel that sweltering Tennessee heat? It's definitely different. Um, you you really want to be in the shade all the time, um, because being the cold, is, I mean, I live in the Philadelphia area, so... I mean, sometimes it gets pretty hot here, but it's not until, like, August. So going into somewhere that hot in June, it, it's a definite difference. Yeah. You really have to try to stay hydrated. Yeah, that's your that's your key. Stay hydrated, huh? Yep, yep. Do you Wear ever, that camelback do you ever do what? Do you ever do what Barry does and uh, go shirtless and paint your boobs? Um, I've thought about it. Okay. I've thought about it. So. <laughs> it's a good look. Yeah. Barry looks yeah. great, by the way. Yeah, people tend to give me a lot of room. That's why I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own seating area. <laughs> hey, space is key. How many boundaries have you been to? Um, my first was in 2013. Um, then I went in 2015. So this year will be my uh, third Bonnaroo. Why Bonnaroo when you're in Pit- when you're in Philadelphia? Why make the trek all the way down just? For Bonnaroo, I mean, you've got a, a choice, a multitude of choices there in the Northeast for music festivals. You could go to Firefly. You could go to Governor's Ball. Why Bonnaroo? So I actually did. I, it is a far trek. So I tried uh, Firefly in 2016. Definitely not the same vibe the whole time I was there. I was like, Bonnaroo is better. I wish I was at Bonnaroo. It just has, you just feel that magical feeling. And um, I didn't feel that at Firefly. They had a lot of the extra stuff to do but it was not even as close to what Bonner has and I'm really excited for all the new things they're having in the campgrounds this year. Who? How many people do you travel with and, and do you guys I'm glad you mentioned that. Do you guys get out and do all the other things not just see a show? Bonner, yes, yes. definitely. Um, Comedy Tent is definitely one of my favorite things. Uh, I know they're not having this this year but it'll be something fun to see. Um, with how they're doing it this year. Um, always going to, like, the Ferris wheel. Uh, it's a whole experience, the food, everything. It's not just about the music. And how many of you are there that make the trip? Um, normally just travel with uh, my boyfriend and I, So, but we love meeting other people, so um, meeting your neighbors is one of the best parts. Have you ever Have you ever kept in touch with anybody you met at Bonnaroo? Oh, yeah, definitely. We um, we actually met some people um, from Louisville. So 
Um, in 2015, we actually met up with them before and then drove into Bonnaroo together. So oh, they were our awesome. neighbors before. So, yeah, you make lifelong connections. So that's, it's really fun. That's awesome. Hey, fill me in on some of the stuff they're doing outside in the, in the campgrounds this year that is different. I know they're doing like late night karaoke with T-Pain, but uh, what are some of the other changes they made uh, for this year? One thing I saw that I'm really excited about is uh, that House of Yes and Little Cinema. I know they're based out of Brooklyn. Um, so that should be something really exciting. Interesting. Um, and they also have the Dub Lab, um, Tonalism Dub Lab. So I think that's more of like a nighttime thing. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of cool things they're adding. What is the one show you're looking forward to this year? This year, I'm definitely looking forward to Sheik and Nile Rogers. That's definitely my top pick. Interesting. Yeah. You're very much like Barry Corder. Old he loves, school. Loves the Nile Rogers. That's gonna be I great. love the old school stuff. Um, I think. Sometimes people that are younger generation, they need to branch out and kind of listen to the older stuff. So that's one thing I'm really excited for. Well, we're so happy to talk to you, and thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you uh, so much, and hopefully we get to a run into you at Bonnaroo, okay? Thanks. Looking forward to it. Okay, there you go. Part two of the Paul Janeway special. I can't believe uh, not only did we uh, break news with Paul, told us uh, one of the best Bonnaroo stories we've ever heard. He straight up said that me and him are now best friends. Uh, yeah, he's coming over tomorrow, right? <laughs> We're going to call. We're gonna call We've been calling and texting. FaceTiming. You guys are FaceTiming. I send him memes. <laughs> what a great story, though. I mean, I really did think you had probably their worst concert, and then he tops it. He tops it, yeah. He, I, they performed to a guy on stilts. A guy on stilts. In a and giant then I, stadium. And then, a, and then a clown walked in. <laughs> <laughs> that is just does not happen. <laughs> that is the classic year. How are you, Cleveland, and you get nothing but yeah, crickets? Crickets, because there's no one there. Hey, thank you to uh, Paul. Uh, thank you to Michael, a listener, uh, Michael, Randy, and Veronica. Uh, well, maybe we'll call you, too. Just drop us a line at thewhatpodcast.com or anytime on Twitter at thewhat underscore podcast. Until next week, do we have plans for next week? We're still formulating I next week. I think we're still formulating, All right. yeah. But I know we want to call some more people and, and do that. That was fun. And that was I, a really good idea. I, I like that a lot. appreciate those guys uh, being willing to, to call. What we'll do is I'll reach out, send you an email. We'll set up sort of a time so it's not random and you don't think we're calling to sell you a newspaper We'll set up a time and then be 35 minutes late. Yeah, and then we'll be late. That's <laughs> Through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner.